Hello everyone, how are you? My name is Zach Scrum, one of the pastors at Neighborhood Church. And today we are kicking off a new sermon series called Living Fruit, which is a deep dive into the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. So everyone by now who's participating in a house church should have received their weekly sermon and devotional kit that will be helpful for the Sunday morning gatherings that you guys are going to be viewing in your house churches, as well as for your personal journey during the week as we've included a a four-day weekly devotional throughout the series for you all. And so if you're not part of a house church or watching either through our Facebook page or YouTube channel and are wanting to get connected with Neighborhood Church, perhaps finding out when we will start gathering again publicly, please feel free to fill out the online connect card that's attached to this post in Facebook or it's found on our website at ourneighborhood.org. So to get started, during my pre-Christian years and even into my early 30s, me and Kristen used to make this joke about how our church thought of the Holy Spirit and that the, that the Holy Spirit was this kind of weird uncle who came around only on holidays. You guys all know the one that you're thinking of now, part of your family. And we would say that that's kind of how the church thought of the Holy Spirit. And that, and that at our particular church, again, we're joking about this, we say that the Holy Spirit was kept in a box on the balcony, underneath a chair, way back in the corner, and only let out to play on certain days of the year, namely maybe Easter and Christmas and maybe another holiday. And over time, uh, while that joke uh, is a joke, over time I've come to believe quite the opposite, that even though the Holy Spirit is mysterious and may seem a bit crazy to a lot of people, He is not our crazy uncle that we only get to see twice a year on special holidays and occasions like Easter and Christmas, but rather the Holy Spirit as part of the the triune Godhead should be a daily, lifelong companion in our faith journey. And so let me offer this disclaimer. Uh, While this message is about developing the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and I'm not going to concentrate on those miraculous giftings of the fruit of the the Spirit, the miraculous giftings of the Spirit to kick this message off, I do want to briefly draw attention to those more mysterious aspects and giftings of the Spirit for just a brief moment. Signs and wonders, seeing visions, receiving words of knowledge, the gift of healing, be it physical or emotional, and You all know those kind of Holy Spirit impressions that you receive and everything else about how the Holy Spirit works. I want to say this, they will play a part in the development of the fruit of the Spirit in your life because that is part and parcel to how the Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, works. That's how the Spirit of God operates. And so I ask you, this is with a disclaimer, I ask you to be open to the mysterious and miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in your life and to embrace that mystery and begin to see the fruit that will be produced. So, disclaimer aside, I want to have this message serve as kind of an introductory 101 level course on the work of the Spirit and how it relates to developing the character of Christ in you, which is the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, 
and you want to follow along, turn to Galatians chapter 5, and it's going to be verse 19. I'll give you just two seconds to flip there, and I'm going to read along. You can follow along with me, picking up in verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, the Apostle Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. So here the Apostle Paul contrasts the fruit of the Spirit or the character of Christ against the acts of the flesh or the sinful aspects of humanity that are in direct opposition to us becoming more and more like Jesus. And it's important to delineate the two lines of thought here because both the flesh and the Spirit They're active inside of of us, fighting oftentimes against one another. Yet, it's not as simple as we read it as many of us may do where, let's say we're engaged in one of the acts of the flesh and we just say, okay, I'm going to stop doing this and then I'm going to start doing the fruit of the Spirit. It just doesn't work like that. You can't do or work or act out fruit. Fruit has to be Grown. I'm going to say that one more time. You can't do or you can't work or you can't act out fruit. It has to be grown in your life and over a period of time in conjunction with the work of the Spirit. Notice the language that's being used here. Paul talks of the Galatians as acting out the evil desires of the flesh and then switches to an agricultural metaphor using fruit to imply that the Christ-like character needs to grow within us over a long period of time as we allow and embrace the Spirit's work with and within us. That's an important point. The Christ-like character needs to grow within us over a long period of time as we allow and embrace the work of the Spirit with and within us. Look, and I'm sure this is going to be true for lots of you guys tuning in. At times, I wish God would just zap me to make me like Jesus so that I would not have to go through the long and hard and painful work of working with the Spirit to see this fruit, to see this Christ-like character produced inside of me. But over the course of my Christian journey, I've learned that that's just not how God operates. That's not how God is like. God is a gentleman, and He is invitational by nature. And rather than overpower us, He chooses to work with us and within us to help us produce the fruit of the Spirit through the power of His Holy Spirit in us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says back in first verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read it from the NLT translation as I think it's a bit clear. Listen to this. He says in verse 16, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let 
the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. I mentioned that earlier. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you are directed by the Spirit, again, directed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit earlier, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Well, that's great, Zach. Been trying my whole life to just let myself be led by the Spirit of God, to be directed by the Spirit of God. So I'm sure you're going to tell me how to do this, right? Well, I am going to try and give you a few ideas in which you can begin to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God and live a Spirit-led life. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of the message on. And so first, a great way to start experiencing the work of the Spirit in your lives and to be led by the Spirit is to embrace our sonship. I'm going to say that again. To embrace our sonship. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in another book of the Bible, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. He says this, and you're going to, the, the language is going to be familiar to you. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Again, you got that led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And that's everybody, women included. You can check out older messages to understand why that's important. But I'll give you a brief uh, little interjection here. Is The sonship gives us the... Uh, inheritance of being a co-heir with Christ where we are all first sons and we receive what Jesus receives. And then it goes on to say, Paul goes on to say, after uh, we are adopted to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So follow me here. Those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. And as children adopted into God's family, we can cry out, Abba, Father, the most relationally intimate way we can uh, have that relationship with the Father in the same way that Jesus experienced his relationship with the Father. And so being led by the Spirit is a direct result of grasping our sonship and our identity as God's children. And I can recall Maybe one of the, the first times for me that I was able to begin to internalize this and sort of feel some emotions towards that Abba Father. Uh, and to uh, maybe, I'm going to say this because it was, it was a while ago, to experience uh, that intimacy with the Father for the first time. It was when I was memorizing Scripture, which I'm going to share with you at the end of this message. But I took a, a time in my life, uh, probably five, six years ago, maybe seven years ago, to memorize all of Romans chapter 8. It's a great, wonderful chapter in the book of the Bible. And, and I, I had it fully memorized, and then I was sitting in a chair one day, and I just began to recite it out loud and to just sh uh, uh, recite the Word of God out loud through memory. And when I came to uh, that verse, the verse again, uh, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. I just remember bursting into tears and, 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 and feeling the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in me and on me that day and just crying from uh, 
sharing scripture out loud from memory. And so that's one of the ways in which we can begin to embrace our sonship through scripture memory, but to, to begin to concentrate on that and to pray about that in the Bible and to begin to internalize that. And I mentioned already being able to memorize scripture and to share it out loud could possibly be one of those ways in which you can kind of activate that or start to activate that in your life. The next one, uh, and I'm only going to give you one more and then at the end I'm going to give you a list that you guys can all so you can pause the video and look at. But the next is to embrace the Spirit of God in community. As we look back in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 16 through 21, it details how the Spirit of God was poured out into the world. And if you remember, the onlookers thought they were drunk, but Peter had to step in and let them know that, that they were speaking in tongues and doing healings and signs and wonders as a fulfillment of prophecy from an Old Testament prophet, Joel. And that that event, the pouring out of the Spirit, occurred in the context of community. And so, in order for us to begin to experience the work of the Spirit in our lives, we must embrace the Spirit of God in community. The first time that this began to happen in my life was uh, in Seattle where we had somebody, many of you remember this guy's name as we did, uh, had him as one of our leadership gatherings that we did virtually where he was in San Francisco. I think his name was Albert Paul. And um, he is one that, that regularly hears from God and hears from the Spirit of God and gets impressions and words of knowledge and, and things of that nature. And he had one for me, he had one for my wife as well, and, and he gave it to me. Uh, and I remember it very specifically, it involved surfing. And I'm not a surfer. And he said that, that, it, uh, that he, he got this word that... Uh, for me about a surfer who had to swim and paddle to catch the different wakes, I believe, to then uh, be able to surf uh, either on an ocean or, or a lake or whatever. And I didn't quite understand what that meant. Again, I'm not a surfer and I went to him and he shared it with me how it's, it's going to be difficult to embrace the different changes in your life and, in your life, and that's what a, uh, a surfer has to do when they're changing and looking to catch different wakes. And so uh, maybe not completely or perfectly analogous, but I can tell you that I saw that word play out in the, the next five to six years of my life to a T. And I experienced that in community. And then as I experienced that in community, it propelled me on to try and do that in my private time and to spend more time with God. And I began to, to hear from him and to receive those impressions on my hearts and to even receive specific words that God put into my mind as a way to communicate with him. And it allowed me to begin to experience the work of the Spirit in my life, which helped to lead to producing the fruit of the Spirit or the character of Christ in my life. And the fruit of the Spirit will never be produced in your life fully unless you are part of a community and embrace the Spirit of God and His work in a community. And so in closing, we're going to have a picture come on after I disappear, which is going to give you several more ways in which you can begin to experience the work of the Spirit in your life. And, and I urge you to pause the video, to jot them down. And if you have questions about any of them, feel free to reach out to us either through Facebook or, uh, or on our website. I believe we have uh, email addresses and numbers posted there. Um, 
and, and don't forget to pause it and write those down. But as we close and begin to break out into our separate house churches for some discussion and, and towards the end to have communion, I, communion, I want to leave you with this, which is fruit is only as healthy as the roots underneath the soil and their ability to draw the proper nutrients from that soil. I'm going to say that again. A tree's fruit is only as healthy as the roots of that tree are connected underneath the soil and their ability to draw the proper nutrients from that soil. Hear that again. You must be rooted. And so it is with us. Unless we are rooted in the rich soil of the gospel, drawing on the rich soil that is Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, will never fully grow in our lives. And so we must be rooted. We must be connected to Jesus, much like the roots of a tree are, are underneath that soil and connected to the tree and pulling those rich nutrients. And so hopefully today has served as that introductory 101 level message to help you get started in experiencing the work of the Spirit in your lives so that the fruit of the Spirit can start to grow. And so if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Otherwise, may you all go in the grace and peace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Thanks all. Don't forget to pause and look at that picture after I disappear from your screen. Bye-bye.